I want to take the opportunity to encourage you, if there is one habit that I can encourage you to have more than any other single habit in your life, more than brushing your teeth, more than getting sleep, more than breathing, and that is taking in the Word of God and taking it in consistently and daily. If you don't have a daily Bible reading habit, why not? What's distracting you? What's keeping you from doing that? In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus taught us to pray. And in that prayer, he said, give us this day our daily bread. And there he's talking about physical food. But he said daily. You eat daily. What would happen if you ate every few days? What if you, what if you ate as often as you study your Bible? Would you be malnourished? Would you die spiritually? When there are people who go astray and there are people who get caught up in false doctrine and there are people who are dying on the vine spiritually and whenever they begin to wonder, well, what's wrong with my faith? Or they begin to drift. I think one of the first questions you can ask is how is your, how is your study life how often do you spend time in God's Word? And then compare that with how often you spend listening to other words of men, whether it's words on the news or words from social media or words from your friends at work or from your family that don't even know God's Word. And you're hearing all of this stuff that, the, that Satan is peddling. You're hearing so many ideas being thrown at you throughout the day. There are all these phrases that people say that sometimes people begin to believe because they've heard it all their life and never stopped to say, well, wait a minute, where did that phrase come from? Who said that? Because sometimes the statements that people believe so strongly in and they repeat to their children or to others are words of Satan and words of the world and words of of inventions of men and there's some of these statements that people swallow become damaging in Matthew chapter 4 Jesus in fighting temptation Satan tried to tempt him with food and Jesus said it is written Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Jesus fought temptation by the word. Think about that statement that he made. Man shall not live by bread alone. You need bread. You need food to survive. But there's something you need so much more, and that's the word of God. And you need to live by the Word of God because it is the Word of life. Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Job 23 and verse 12. Now that's a statement that I believe we should learn to adopt and not just quote. It would be great to memorize that one, 
but it'd even be greater to embrace it as your belief and your sentiment that you are passionate about, that you care about God's Word more than eating. How often do you think about food? How often even in a, in a spiritual lesson do you think about food? Leaving here, go getting food. When are we going to eat again? What's for supper? What's next? Hope I didn't cause you to drift by mentioning it. <laughs> but how often do you crave a study? And do you do it, whenever you do study, do you do it as a checklist item to, to quiet your conscience? Here's a duty. I know I need to read my Bible. Preacher said I should read the Bible. Read that in the Bible. It said it's a good thing to do. Maybe I should have read my Bible today. Oh, the day is gone, and I haven't read my Bible today. Let's hurry up and read a, read a, read a, a little bit before I fall asleep so I won't feel guilty. Does that describe you? I've been there. I know what it's like. You wake up, got to get out the door, got to go to work. You didn't make time for God. You, you're, you work all day, and so at the end of the day, you're tired. You come home, you want to relax. No time for God. Now at the end of the day, oh, oh, I forgot. I hadn't read my Bible. Does that describe your life? I want to encourage you to change that starting today. Start today to say, I, I, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to give God my leftovers anymore. I'm not going to put him on the back burner anymore. I want to listen to what God has said because his words are so necessary, more necessary than even my food. Go to John chapter 5. In John chapter 5, we see that in the passage that was read at the beginning of our worship, I would like for you to see this again in John chapter 5 and verse 37. Look at what Jesus said. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Who's he speaking to? You know, he's talking to people who would have disagreed with that. He's talking to people who would have claimed, no, I've heard his voice. I've been listening to him. I know his word. I've had it read before me. I've heard the rabbis teach. I've heard it. I've been, I've been to worship. I've, I've had Bible lessons all my life. Those are the people who he was talking to, and he told them, though, you have, you have neither heard his voice at any time. That's a scary thought, that you could actually be sitting at the feet of someone who is teaching and reading from God's Word. You're hearing the words, but you haven't heard him. You've heard words being taught, but you're not listening. I want to encourage you to have a hunger. And if you don't crave it, why not? Why not fan that desire, fan that flame, and desire of wanting to know what God's Word has to say? 
more than books about the Bible. There are people who, are, who listen to preachers talk about the Bible, but they don't read the Bible for themselves. Or they will pick up books that are about the Bible and they don't read the Bible itself. I want to encourage you to let God's inspired word be what guides your life. More than the people who are interpreting it, who may be in interpreting it wrong. Is it possible that I've heard words, but I haven't been really hearing him? Verse 38, you have not, you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he has sent for whom he hath sent, him you believe not. That's a scary thought. These are people who thought they were listening to God's word. But he, Jesus says you don't have his word living in you. You need to have God's word living with inside you. Whenever you are faced with a temptation, are you thinking, what does God's word say about that? How would God's word... Help me in this moment. Fight that temptation. When someone is doing something that is bothering you, do you ask yourself, what does God's Word teach me? How to think and respond right now? What should my attitude be? When someone poses a question about some choice to make, are you thinking, what does God's Word tell me to do about this? Whenever you're thinking about something that's testing your faith, are you thinking, what, what does God word, God's Word teach me about how to believe in Him? Why do I believe that? Is it living with inside you? Guiding you? Building you up? It has all of that power. It is your best defense against false doctrine. I believe that's why you should make it a daily habit. We pick up words that people say, but what if I had a daily habit to, and a method of some sort to try to make sure I am reading all of God's Word? Well, here's what may happen. I've picked up a false notion. Somebody told it to me, or maybe I just thought it because I misunderstood something. But I'm reading God's Word every day, Eventually, I'm going to come across a passage that's going to correct my false notion. Or maybe I've picked up a bad habit of something that God would be displeased with. But I'm spending time in God's Word every day, and so eventually, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get recentered. Oh, I remember now. God's Word told me not to do that, or told me to do this. It is your best defense against those sorts of things. Jesus says in verse 39, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Imagine telling that to someone who had been searching the Scriptures all their life. They'd been searching, but they were mistaken on many of their notions. They thought they were saved. That's what he said. You think you have eternal life. If you were to ask them, are you going to heaven? They would have said yes. They thought so. Jesus said, 
Keep reading. Keep studying. You think you are, but you're not, is the point. Verse 40, and you will not come to me that you might have life. That kind of tells me they didn't have it. You mean to tell me that I can be reading it, thinking I understand it, think I'm going to heaven, and I've got it all wrong. Might be because I've been listening to what people said about it. Might be because I haven't really been listening. And so in verse 41, he says, I receive not honor from men, but I know you that you have not the love of God in you. Isn't that a scary statement? People who would have said, I love God. But he says, you don't have the love of God in you. You want to know why they didn't have the love of God in them? Because they weren't listening to him. If you love God, you want to know what he has to say. You care about what he has to say. And so it says in verse 43, I am come in my Father's name and you receive me not. If another should come in his own name, him you will receive. How sad of a predicament is it that Jesus knows. Feel the hurt that Jesus is saying here when he says these words. Somebody else can come along and teach something else other than what God has said, and you'll listen to them, but you won't actually listen to what God has actually said. That is... That's horrible to think about how people will... Think of the craziness that people have bought. <clears throat> Every time somebody comes up with some crazy doctrine, you say, how do people believe that? Because some man said it. They're following the man. And they'll listen to that. Anything except listen to what God actually said. We don't want to be like that. It says in verse 44, How can you believe me, which receive honor one of another, and seek not the honor that cometh from God only? Here's part of the problem. People care more about getting the approval of people rather than they do getting the approval from God. People will say, this is what the Bible teaches about this thing, and they will listen to that, and they're fine because this preacher said that so I got his approval or other people say this is what the Bible says so they'll listen to that because I got other people to agree with me you know what I got to care about more if I really want to know what God's word says I got to care about what he said what he meant how he feels about it what he wants for me and if that's so unpopular that nobody else agrees with that, but I know that's what he said. Then who am I trying to please? There are some verses that are unpopular. There are some statements of God. There's some statements everybody will agree with. Fine, because they're easy. But there are some other challenging statements that I, I think there are very few people who are willing to say, Yep, that's what that says. I'm going to do that exactly like he said. And it's those times that will determine whether your allegiance is to pleasing people or whether you're trying to please God. Those are the tests. 
And if you're following the crowd and you're following what others say and, and you're not willing to do, well, I'll do anything except that. I'll do all the others, just not that one. Please don't ask me to do that. Then could it be said of you, you don't have the love of God in you? Verse 45, do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There's one that accuseth you, even Moses, in whom you trust. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote of me. But if you believe not his writings, how shall you believe my words? If this word is going to teach me and guide me and help me know about the Lord who bought me, it's going to build me up. It's like a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You know what that tells me is that if I don't have His Word to guide me, I'm in darkness. There is a value in consistent daily reading of God's Word. More than just simply one day. Let's, let's say we, we all do this. We get a good intentions. Okay, let's, let's say I've convinced you so far. You say, you know, you know what? I haven't been reading my Bible like I ought to. And you're sitting there, and, and I've motivated you. I hope that's what I've done. And that you've said, okay, I've I got to change this. I'm going to start a daily habit. I want to say, if you go out and you, you start reading an abundant amount for one day, and then you quit, that's not going to be the nourishment that you need. It would be better if you picked a smaller amount that you could take in and digest and apply and practice and then the next day do that again and then the next day do that again without fail and don't miss it. It would be far better for you to have that consistency in nutrition spiritually than for you to have too big of eyes to read so much that you fall off the wagon and then you don't keep up the habit so I want to encourage you to pick an amount that you know you can stick to and make it a, an amount that is undistracted where while you're reading you're not oh I gotta answer the phone oh I've got this uh, uh, notification on my phone too many too many things like that will vie for your time who among us likes to have conversations with people? How frustrating is it you're trying to talk to someone eye to eye and every few seconds or ever so often in the middle of the conversation their mind wanders, they walk off or, or somebody else interrupts and they're talking to somebody else. We don't like that. Why would we have this kind of communication with God like that? I want to encourage you, put it on your schedule and make that an appointment you don't miss. Are there, are there doctor's appointments you put on there and you make sure you get to? Are there other appointments you put on there and you make sure you get to them and you don't miss them because that's on your calendar? If whatever you got to do, put that and book that appointment and keep that appointment and don't let anything else get in the way. Are there some appointments where you might say, you know, I can't do it, I'm booked. Somebody says, well, can we meet at this time or can we do this or whatever it is? Nope, can't do it. I'm already, I already got that one scheduled. Pick your time that you're going to devote to God and don't cancel it 
and don't change it for anybody else. And make sure you get some time spent with God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You want your faith increased and built? You, it's to your benefit that God is giving you this. And I also want you to see too, there have been men and women who have died to get these words into your hands. Think of the people who have been burnt at the stake, tortured, excommunicated from their faith, from their group of people, because they wanted people to have the Word of God into, their ha into the hands of people so they could read it for themselves. Now you've got an abundant availability of God's Word. There it is. At one time we could say every hotel in America had a Bible in it. Bibles are even more abundantly available with digital. Does it collect dust? Do you only read it when we come together like times like this? Do you read you're not you're not getting malnourished if that's it. You're you're not getting nourished if that's it. You're not getting what you need. Do you not know you're going to be judged by these words that are found in the Scripture? In John chapter 12, in verse 48, actually look at verse 47, John 12, 47. If any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Don't you think it would be very important for us to know what these words are? Don't you think we ought to make sure that I'm taking in God's Word if I'm going to be judged by this Word. I'm not going to be judged by people. I'm going to be judged by God and what He has said. Jesus fed a multitude of people, but He told them, I'm the bread of life. He gave them physical food. They had been going without food for three days while they were listening to him. But he, said, but he was telling them, I want you to live off of me. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, and they are dead. But I want you to live off of me. And some thought that was too radical, and so they walked away. Peter, Jesus turns to the rest, and he says, will you also go away? And Peter has that great response to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You're not going to find the words of life anywhere else. You're not going to find it in some self-help book. You're not going to find it in some psychology of man. You're not going to find it through some other means. You're only going to find it in God's Word. And He doesn't want us to just Read it a little bit. Once in a while. Live off of it. Take it in. Learn from it. 
Love it. It is your means of salvation. It's the power of God. God's Word is so powerful. He spoke the world into existence with the power of His voice. Let there be light. And there was light. He spake and it was done. God can create by the power of His voice. He can destroy by the power of His voice. I need to listen to Him. And I need to take it in more than I need anything else. Make it, make it your habit. Now, there's all kinds of different plans you can have if you want to have a Bible reading plan. It's not the particular plan that I'm after, but I'm going to provide you a plan that's free. doesn't cost you anything. But you ought to buy the truth and sell it not. If it did cost money, how much money would you be willing to pay for God's Word? And yet it's free. But I'm going to provide you a, a, a plan. Make sure you get one. You don't have to use that plan. If you have another plan, you use that. But pick a plan to, to systematically study through God's Word and stick to that plan. If you fall off, don't wait till next year to start back on. Hop back in. But get this habit down if you don't have this habit yet. It's the greatest habit I think you can have. In Acts chapter 17, we see a group of people who were said that they were noble-minded because they searched the Scriptures daily, whether these things were so. Are you noble-minded? Search the Scriptures daily. Don't take any man's word for it. There are people who are twisting it. Make sure you're not allowing that to cause you to be mistaken. Would you not believe the words of Jesus and be right with God, whatever you need to do? If you haven't obeyed Him yet, why not believe that He's the Son of God? Repent of your sins. Confess, I believe Him. I believe in Jesus, that He's the Son of God. And be baptized and have your sins washed away. And then commit yourself to learn of Him and know Him and live by Him and please Him. And love Him with all your heart. And listen to Him more than anyone else for the rest of your life. And one day, His words that He's going to say, Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Those are some words that are going to be sweet. And you're going to want to hear those words. So do what you're going to need to do to be faithful to Him. If you love me, keep my commandments, He said. Do you appreciate what He's done for you? Provide, providing His will and to not apply myself to, the, to this will that He has given to me and surrender myself to it. What does that say about me? I hope that you'll do what you need to do. If you need to become a Christian, we stand ready to assist you. If you are a Christian... Be what God wants you to be. And if you need to make correction, we stand ready to help you too. Come to the front while we stand.